0: listen to any more of this point of parliamentary procedure don't screw around they're serious this time take it easy i'm in pre-law man thought you pre-med what's the difference ladies and gentlemen i'll be brief i don't think he's empty the issue here is not whether we broke a few rules or took a few liberties with our female party guests we did But you can't hold a whole fraternity responsible for the behavior of a few sick, perverted individuals. For if you do, then shouldn't we blame the whole fraternity system? And if the whole fraternity system is guilty, then isn't this an indictment of our educational institutions in general? I put it to you, Greg. Isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America.
1: When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide,
2: Do
3: everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. I open up with that little court scene from uh, the movie Animal House because that's kind of uh, the grandstanding that we saw with the Kavanaugh hearings this week. And uh, the more you watch it the day after this time recording on Friday and they just voted to move it forward. And you see all the the more grandstanding and the more reaching, and the Democrats will do just about anything to win. They don't care who they destroy. And uh, you know, I'm thinking, hey, what what movie? That's kind of helter skelter ish. So I thought uh, the Beatles would be uh, apropos to opening this show up. I'm going to talk a lot, a lot about what happened with uh, the Kavanaugh uh, confirmation uh, this week, and it's and it's not over yet, but I'm going to bring you back up to speed. If you're not paying attention, some of you guys have to work, you know, so you don't get a chance to, uh, to pay attention. I have to work and I pay attention. So, but I don't expect any, but any of you guys to be superhuman like me. So, uh, so I just be superhuman for you and then tell you, tell you what to think. And although I tell you don't, when you watch things on TV, to listen to it and form your own decisions. Don't listen to the little clips that I put out there. Don't listen to the little clips that CNN or Fox or any. You know, listen to everything. Listen to the whole speeches and then come up with your own. Hmm, does this make sense? I'm not sure it does. Ah, Something doesn't feel right to me. Because you know what? If you give your guys a chance, that thing between your ears will work if you allow it to. And don't just listen to the same old BS that everybody, that the media is is feeding you. So, uh, but I'm gonna get into all the details of what it is. And of course, you know everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I think you're all entitled to mine. And uh, so, my opinion could be wrong, could be right, but uh, it's right. So, uh, <clears throat> as uh, Don Henley says in uh, "Victim of Love," I could be wrong, but I'm not. So, anyway, let me introduce myself first, and then we'll get into that. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in Southern California, lending in California all over California, Arizona. In uh, another 30 days will be Ohio, and another 30 days after that will be Nevada, followed up by Texas and Florida. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities in real estate, really right now, if you're thinking about buying. I go off my script for a little bit. If, uh, if you're interested in buying, go make offers now, go make offers. Now have your realtor look to see if the, uh, if the values, if the, uh, prices have been dropped and if they haven't been dropped and they've been on the market for longer than a couple of weeks, write a low ball offer, ask sellers to pay your closing cost. ask for, ask for whatever you want to ask. Uh, I talked to, uh, the, uh, I talked to one of the the broker Polly Watts of uh, of Maxim Properties so if you go to maximproperties.net she says they're paying closing costs they've got tons of uh, fully rehabbed ready to move in turnkey properties all over the state and actually uh, all over 14 states and uh, it's just slowed down and they say hey, we're paying closing costs you no know, but they have to but you have to, but we're their preferred lender so if you want to get prequalified you want to get your offer accepted call me toll free at 855-640 2020, that's 855 640 2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855 640 2020. If you want to talk to me, get some advice, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're calling from work, or because you don't want your wife to know what you're, what you got up your sleeve, or because uh, you don't want me to know what your voice is because I might know who you are uh, before, or for whatever weird, weird fetishes you have that you don't want to talk on the phone, maybe you're just a millennial and you like to do stuff on the computer, go to WCCLoans.com, go to Looking for a Loan, put in all the information you want uh, me to have, and uh, tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks. And uh, we will uh, help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if you want to hear anything repeated from the show, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net. E d h o f f m a n. Go to the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can also get the podcast on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, where you can uh, go on there and subscribe for free. You can hear it anytime you want, or if you want to subscribe for free, it'll download on your on your computer, or your phone, or your or your iPod or your iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or anything else that you uh, listen to. Uh, to uh, uh podcasts on, which is just every, every day there's something new. You can pick up podcasts on, pick them up on your little uh, beepers. Oh yeah. They don't have beepers anymore. Well, maybe they do. So, um, like the, uh, like the show on Facebook, Facebook, the main event at Hoffman and follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman. Uh, I've been tweeting uh, a lot more than usual this this week as I'm watching the uh, confirmation hearings, but I watched it in the morning and watched it in the evening. wasn't able to, to watch it, so if you saw, hey, Ed's tweeting, man. He's really uh, got, I like his uh, uh, observations, but then it just stopped. Well, I had to go to work. <clears throat> so some of you guys that are doing business with me with me want to close escrow on your house, so I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing till, uh I watched it on DVR when I got home. Um, if you want to leave me some comments on the show, call listener hotline 855-640-2092. Okay, let's get into the show. Uh, got a lot to talk about. i only got an hour to talk to you. So uh, another week went by uh, with the Democrats using unsubstantiated accusations to destroy Supreme Court Justice nominee Brett Kavanaugh. If you paid attention to the hearings with Judge Kavanaugh and the first accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, on Thursday... Hold on, we'll get to that. Let me just bring in the recap of everybody else that everybody was talking about. There was a second accuser emerged on Monday, Deborah Ramirez, who claims that Kavanaugh put his uh, private parts in her face during a drinking game when they were freshmen at Yale 35 years ago. So keep everything in a timeline. Remember, uh, Christine Blasey Ford was a freshman 36 years ago, while while uh, uh, while Kavanaugh was a senior. Thirty-six years ago, thirty-five years ago, he's a freshman at Yale, and she's two. Year, and oh, and and so, uh, Deborah Ramirez apparently went to a party, and she accuses him of uh, sticking his uh private private parts, his Anthony Weiner, in her face during a drinking game. Well, wait a minute, you guys aren't old enough to drink. What's the deal? How are you doing drinking games? I don't know. Uh, on the night of the alleged incident, Ramirez admits to being drunk and that she has gaps in her memory. Hmm. Seems like not a very good uh, strong witness. According to the story in The New Yorker, she was reluctant to characterize Kavanaugh's role in the alleged in incident with certainty. Hmm. Doesn't sound very strong. The magazine reported that it took six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney for R- Ramirez to go on record accusing Kavanaugh. Hmm. I don't know. This, uh, and, and, you know, And on top of that, uh, in case you're wondering, Ramirez is a registered Democrat and sits on a board of a group called Safe House Progressive Alliance for Nonviolence. So she's already an activist. And um, the New York Times reported that Ramirez had contacted several of her former classmates to see if they remembered the incident because she could not be certain that Kavanaugh had been the perpetrator. Both the New York Times and CNN report that they just have not been able to find any firsthand eyewitnesses to corroborate the story just like all the witnesses denied knowing about Christine Blasey Ford's story but that's not that's but that's good enough for CNN here's uh, chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin are they all lies perhaps but you know it certainly has the ring of truth to me
1: the idea that it's all made up seems sort of preposterous at this point
3: except for uh why would we think it's all it's all that that's preposterous because it seems to me the uh seems to me we caught uh Gloria Allred's daughter Lisa Bloom uh out there offering to pay off uh, women's uh women's mortgages on their houses if they'd come forward to uh to testify again that Trump uh uh sexually abused them. Uh I don't know what ever happened with that. i googled it to see if she ever got punished in it. Apparently I didn't uh, didn't see anything that related to that particular incident. Um, but apparently she's Got a history. But you know, what? why would we think that this would be uh, all this stuff would be would be lies? I don't know. Then there's a third accuser, Julie Swetnick, two years older than than Kavanaugh. Swetnick grew up. So, OK, so he's a uh, he's a freshman at Yale at 35 years ago. That makes her a junior at Yale. So two years, uh, so he's, he's two years older. She grew up in Washington D.C. suburbs, but gives no reason why she and Kavanaugh were at the same parties, although she claims to have attended at least ten parties with him back then. Okay, hold on to that, because she's a junior at Yale and she's hanging out with freshmen. You know that's cool for the freshmen, but as I remember being a freshman in college, just just didn't uh, just didn't work the same. Well, you know they they didn't want to hang out with us with us uh, youngsters. But uh, but she went to 10 parties with him. In a statement posted on Twitter by her lawyer, Michael Avenetti, yeah, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, that's not suspicious, uh, Swetnick says she observed Kavanaugh at parties where women were abused, inappropriately touched, made disoriented with alcohol and drugs, and then gang-raped. Well, you know what? That pops in a, a message to, uh, to me. It says, hey, it sounds like Papa's and beer down in uh, Mexico in Ensenada. Oh, but I digress. So, uh <clears throat> I know the first time that Don and I went down there, I go, "Is this stuff legal what they do down there?" Um and then one of my friends goes uh the the guy came over and grabbed Don's arm and said and I go, uh-uh. I grabbed his arm and said, "Uh-uh, you're not doing that to her." He goes, "Oh, man, let her do it. It'd be good just for the pictures." I said, "Then let him do that to your let them do that to your wife." So, anyway, so uh so I get off I get off track here. So, uh, so, Julie Swetnick says she witnessed Judge Kavanaugh uh, participating in some of the misconduct, including lining up outside a bedroom where numerous boys were waiting for their turn with girls inside the room. She says she was one of the girls who was raped and believed she had been drugged. None of Swetnick's claims could be independ- independently corroborated by the New York Times, and Michael Avenetti declined to make her available for interview. So, let me just think about it. She was raped at one of, at one of these parties, But she went to 10 of them. Hmm. Either she's lying or she liked it. Which is it? I don't know. You know, and I'm just trying to think about it, you know. So does that mean it was consensual? Or does that mean it really didn't happen? Um, And if it did happen it was consensual, I guess it's not rape. Of course, uh, Kavanaugh claims to to have uh, graduated college as a virgin. And quite frankly, he's got that apple pie face that... uh, that mom hot dogs, apple pie, uh you know Chevrolet hot dogs, apple pie hot dogs, apple pie and Chevrolet hot dog baseball hot dogs apple pie, and Chevrolet case okay, for those of you that remember that commercial so he lo- he looks like a guy out of that commercial uh but once again once again you know they uh, couldn't make anybody any information available that's still good en- that's still good enough for the media, and they're calling Michael avenetti. Hero, Michael Avenatti's a beast.
4: Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. John Meacham says he may be the savior of the Republic. He has
5: a great bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. The priesthood, whatever. <laughs> he's out there saving the country. <laughs> I owe Michael Avenatti an
4: apology. For the last couple of weeks, I've been saying enough for reading, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. The Democrats could learn something.
3: I just want to throw up when I hear that. You know what? The the girls on The View, they're just morons. They, you know what? Oh, you guys are the savior of the country. Michael Avenatti, please. As for the first accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, there are still no corroborations from the people she named in her Washington Post interview as witnesses to her alleged incident with Kavanaugh. And as Kavanaugh explained in his hearing this week, his father taught him to keep calendars all the all through high school. Uh, he Posted a bunch of his calendars from high school for the whole for the whole summer, and apparently he was only for that whole summer of 1982 when she said it allegedly happened. Um, he's only home two weekends, and if you look at it, there's it's kind of a go to a football, go to Matt's football game, go to this person, go see Rocky Three with such and such, go see Poltergeist, go see uh, Grease Two. This guy's clearly clearly this is why he's so intelligent because he sees all these movies. As uh, as you know, I always say the li- the answer to all life's questions are found in the movies. And apparently he saw three movies that week. Three movies in one week, 1982. Okay, good stuff. Here's the proof that Democrats don't actually care about what's best for the people they advocate for. They only care about politics. Here's Joe Biden, long before he was vice president in 1991 during Clarence Thomas' confirmation. Which we're repeating right now, basically, with Kavanaugh. This time, Democrats are demanding an FBI investigation of Ford's, uh, Ford's claims against Kavanaugh. But, when, but the, when it was Anita Hill accusing Clarence Thomas, Biden and the Democrats said the FBI investigation would be useless.
0: The last thing I'll point out, the next person that refers to an FBI report as being worth anything, obviously doesn't understand anything. FBI explicitly does not, in this or any other case, reach a
3: conclusion. Period. Period. You should play period one more time. Period. Okay, that's better. So, uh, so he goes on to explain that... Basically, the FBI does the investigation they come up with the with the facts this is what this person said this is what this person said they put, they put all the they try to connect all the dots and then someone in the, in the uh, in the defense department or the uh, the Justice Department decides whether it's whether they proceed with charges or anything um unless of course you're Hillary Clinton because then the the FBI comes out and says, well we wouldn't Prosecute against any of this stuff. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no uh, logical. There's no uh, uh, competent prosecutor that would take this case. Uh, I think that went off the rails there, Comey. So anyway, uh, President Trump had no problem using Biden's words to prove a point, and he recognizes what the Democrats are doing. It's
6: not for the FBI. If you look at what Joe Biden said, he said they don't do this, and he said it very clearly. So. I think when you really look at it all, it's not going to change any of the Democrats' minds. They're obstructionists. They're actually con artists, because they know how quality this man is, and they've destroyed a man's reputation, and they want to destroy it even more. And I think people are going to see that in the midterms, what they've done to this family, what they've done to these children, these beautiful children of his, and what they've done to his wife. And they know it's a big, fat con job. And they go into a room, and I guarantee you, they laugh like hell at what they pulled off on you and on the public. They laugh like hell.
3: Yep, I hope the people see this in the midterms because I look at it and just go, "There's just no limit. There's no decency on the on the part of the uh, on the Democrats. They'll do anything to win. They'll do anything." And unfortunately, the Republicans are trying extra hard to not be that kind of person. And we're trying to, you know, walk softly and, and be polite and do all that stuff like Republicans always do. But this is, to me, why we elected Donald Trump is because enough of us are just tired of it. We want someone who just speaks forward, doesn't, doesn't worry about being politically correct. And some people hate him for that. But those of us that voted for him, we love him for that because, hey, you know, you don't have, we don't have to wonder where he's coming from. So uh, that comment was made during the president's press conference after the, uh, the United Nations General Assembly. He also had this exchange with CNN's uh, Jim Fake News Acosta. Thank you
6: very much. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, after I'm finished, if Ouija uh, or Halley or, or Vivian or one of our female colleagues could go after me, that would be great. Um, Mr. President, just to follow up on these allegations against Brett uh, what, Kavanaugh. What, what does he mean by that? Explain what, what, is, what does that well, mean? I think it would be, think be great if a, if a female reporter. What does it mean? Reporter, no, what does it mean?
3: would great if a female reporter would
6: ask you a question about the, this issue. Uh, so if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't I mind that at all. No, all wouldn't right. mind it at all. All right. Well, let me. Uh, if I wouldn't make any on. difference to me. All right. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. You know what? Because you know what? When you're telling the truth, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't. You know, you don't have to have a great memory. It doesn't matter if a if a if a female asks the question or if a male asks the question. It doesn't matter. The the truth is still the truth. So in uh, the Democrats being, uh, they're trying to trick somebody into something, get a get a clip for their election, uh, their elect their their election campaign commercials, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty pathetic. So uh, the the Christine Blasey uh, Ford's hearing uh, took place on Thursday. Christine Blasey Ford showed up. Here's the here's part of her opening statement where she explains why she sent a letter in June to the office of her congressman Anna Ishii. A shoe, a chew, Gazente of uh, California's 18th district, who then sent the letter to Diane Feinstein's office in July.
7: I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct, so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault on July 6th. I had a sense of urgency to relay the information to the Senate and the President as soon as possible before a nominee was selected. Apart from the assault itself, these past couple of weeks have been the hardest of my life. I've had to relive this trauma in front of the world. And I've seen my life picked apart by people on television, on Twitter, other social media, other media, and in this body who have never met me or spoken with me. I have been accused of acting out of partisan political motives. Those who say that do not know me. I am an independent person, and I am no one's pawn. My motivation in coming forward was to be helpful and to provide facts about how Mr. Kavanaugh's actions have damaged my life so that you could take into a serious consideration as you make your decision about how to proceed.
3: Okay, this lady is obviously uh, damaged goods. She's got she's got issues, and uh, you know when you when you watch stuff on social media, there's a whole bunch of uh, people posting stuff talking about, oh, she's a victim and she's so credible. Except for the women that comment that have actually been uh, through sexual trauma like that in their lives. They're all they're all saying, wait, wait, you don't know what you're talking about. This stuff, this stuff happens. I've been here. I've been beaten. I've been, and you know what? And you don't, you don't, you're not all, you know, you stand up, you be strong. And it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my fault. I got over it. And this is 36 years later, 36 years later. Okay. So she did sound emotional. I believe she believes that she got attacked by Kavanaugh, but I don't think she knows it was Kavanaugh. I don't know that her, I mean, we're going to talk, talk more about this. Uh, if an assault did happen to Ford and her, uh, and her letter to Diane Feinstein was sincere, you would think she would want her name kept private, right? Well, she did. Listen to her response to Prosecutor Rachel Mitchell, an independent counsel that the Republicans chose to question Ford on their behalf so they wouldn't come across as white men bullying this lady.
5: Was it your understanding it was going to be kept confidential up until
7: right before the hearing? It was my understanding that it was going to be kept confidential Period.
3: Yeah, so uh, who defied her wishes and leaked the letter for political purposes? Later in the day, Republicans... Period. Later in the day, uh, Republicans asked Feinstein if it was someone from her office. After all, the letter was only sent to her. Listen who Feinstein puts the blame on. It's my
4: understanding that her story was leaked before the letter became public and she testified that she had spoken to her friends about it and it's most likely that that's how the story leaked and that she had been asked by press. But it did not leak from us, I assure you
2: of that. Mr. Mr. Chairman, I'm a little confused, I thought only um, the member of the House and Senator Feinstein and her lawyers had the letter, so like her. her friends she might have talked to about it, couldn't leak the letter mm. if they just had a ver- verbal conversation unless she gave them a copy of the letter.
4: The letter was ever- it- Senator, I don't think the letter was ever leaked.
2: Uh, well, how, how did the uh, press know to contact her about her complaint?
4: She apparently, she testified here this morning that she had talked to friends about it.
3: Well, she talked to friends about it, but somehow the thing got over to the newspapers about this letter. I don't know. does sound sounds a little suspicious and shifty to me. I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Wait, hang out. I'm going to keep going on in this thing because we're going to try and connect all the dots so you can pretend that you were there watching it all day long. Don't go away. Five minutes of uh, weather traffic commercials. I'll be right back with part two. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate or financing on the radio because it's just not as interesting as the the helter-skelter that's going on in our government and uh, in our society and watching this stuff unfold on TV and the Internet and social media. So uh, we talk about that. But if you need financing, if you're thinking about... uh, Buying refinancing, uh, doing a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020, or get us on the web at wccloans.com, l o a n s.com, w c c. So, uh, we were talking right before the break, we were talking about the uh, the Christine Blasey Ford, uh, the hearing, and uh, and we were just talking about how. How somehow Christine Blasey Ford sent this letter to her uh, her congressman, who forwarded over to Dianne Feinstein, and she wanted it kept confidential, but somehow it got to the newspapers, and uh, somehow uh, Feinstein's trying to make up. So you know this Feinstein's been in office for like 35 years. This is going to be her swan song here. This is what everyone's going to remember her about. She's running for re-election, which. Quite frankly, she's the lesser of two evils running, and since she's 85 years old, we're all going to vote for her to hope that hope that she wins because Deleon is a uh, is uh, is uh, the worst of of both evils, and we're going to put her in, and hopefully she's not going to finish her uh, her term, and uh, then hopefully hopefully we'll have someone running the California GOP uh, for the next election that will actually uh, get the get the Republicans together, so we know which of those 15 Republican candidates to to vote for. Um, so something, some ball got dropped there, uh, at the primaries, but, um, the, uh, the committee asked Feinstein directly after she said, well, you know, I think our friends leaked it. Um, here's how they, then they asked her directly, did your staff leak it? Can you tell us that your staff did not leak it?
4: Oh, I don't believe my staff would leak it. I have not asked that question directly, but do you, I do you, not believe do you know they that? would.
2: I mean, how in the world uh, could that get in the hands of the of the press?
4: The answer the is people... no. The staff have you, have, that you asked they did your, not. have you asked your staff or other I staff members of the Judiciary Committee? Me Pardon me. me well, a, a Jennifer well, s- reminds me I've asked her before about it. Well, somebody, and that's true. Well, somebody leaked it. If it wasn't you. Well, it was. Uh, I'm telling you, it was not. I did not.
3: I did not. Well, uh, I I asked her, but I didn't remember I asked her, and I, I never thought about it. Oh wait, but I did ask her. I did think about it. Ah, uh, you know what? Can you can you hear the uh, the lies easing uh, seeping out of her pores of her of her skin? So uh, hey, those of you that like Diane Feinstein. Hey, it's gonna come out kind of just like uh, John McCain. Years and years of uh, of uh, good uh, good public service to our country, and all all we're gonna remember him for is that he uh, that he voted against repeal of Obamacare after eight years of promising to us. So uh, so then after you uh, after you get to that, as Blasey Ford finishes, let's talk about some of the lies that she told. Um, here's one about she couldn't come to uh, she couldn't come to Washington D.C. to testify because she's afraid of flying
5: may i ask dr ford how did you get to washington
7: in an airplane okay it's
5: i asked that because it's been reported by the press that you would not submit to an interview with the committee because of your fear of flying is is that true
7: well i was willing i was hoping that they would come to me but then I realized that was an unrealistic request it would have been a quicker trip for me (laughs) yes so um, that was certainly what I was hoping was to avoid having to get on an airplane but I eventually was able to uh, get up the gumption with the help of some friends and get on the plane
5: when you were here in uh, the mid Mid mid-atlantic area back in uh, August uh, end of July August how did you get here
7: also by airplane I come here once a year during the summer to visit my family okay I'm sorry not here I go to Delaware okay Um,
5: in fact you fly fairly frequently for your hobbies and your you've had to fly for your work is that true
7: correct unfortunately
5: Um, you you were a consulting biostatistician in Sydney Australia is that right
7: i've never been to australia but the company that i worked for is based in australia and they have an office in san francisco california okay i don't think i'll make it to australia
5: (laughs) it is long um i also saw on your cv that you list the following interests of surf travel and you in parentheses put hawaii costa rica south pacific islands and french polynesia have you been all to those places correct by airplane Yes. And your interests also include oceanography, uh, Hawaiian and t- t- Tahitian culture. Did you travel by air as a part of those interests?
7: Correct. Okay. Thank you very it's much. easier for me to travel going that direction when it's a vacation.
3: Can you say the rest of it? You know what? She's just, her nose is growing her nose is growing. Well, it's I'm I have a fear of flying, but my my friends helped me get up the gumption to get on the plane. Oh wait, and I I've never flown to Australia, but I've been to Tahiti, Tahiti in French Polynesia. I think that's right about in the same area of the globe. And uh, Don and I went to Australia about three years ago, and it's thirteen hours in the plane. Thirteen hours. If you're scared of flying, you're not flying down there, cause even i had to don don asked me before we went she goes we're going to be up in the air like above the ocean for 13 hours yep if we crash we're never going to see our kids or our grandkids again yep she goes doesn't that bother you i said yeah it does when you bring it up but you bring it up i i when i think about it i get nervous flying to las vegas and it's only a 45 minute flight so uh but you know what? if she's if she's that scared she's made the trip to tahiti i don't know I smell BS. Then she also. Then uh, I think his name is Senator Coons. Asked her about, asked her about uh, her the the effect of this experience on her, and she talked about how how she had some academic challenges after this happened in uh, in college, and of course she was a freshman in high school, or a sophomore. In high, she was a sophomore or freshman. She's a whatever it was. She's 15 years old. However you. So she's a freshman in high school, ninth grade, and she had problems when she went to University of North Carolina. She, she had to, to get herself together because she was having uh, issues. Uh, let's see, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, four years of high school, and she's still having issues when she went to college. However, when Diane Feinstein introduced her, they pointed out that she's got a bachelor's degree from the University of North Carolina, and she's got a master's degree from Stanford, and she's got a master's degree from Pepperdine, and she's got a Ph.D. from USC. I don't know. She had some academic challenges. I had a hard time getting through four years of. Uh, well, you know what? I was a. I, I never. I never graduated college. I'm a. I'm a uh, college dropout, like uh, some other losers, like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, and and those. But you know what? She made it through. She made it through, but she was traumatized and she had academic issues. Let's continue. In the break between the two hearings, because they had they had uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford, and they had a break, and then they then they brought on Judge Kavanaugh. In the break between the two hearings, Lindsey Graham had a circle of reporters around him. Lindsey Graham was a dadgum stud in this, and he's, he's the hero of the day, uh, which I har- have a hard time believing that Lindsey Graham would ever be my hero, but he was really strong on this. Uh, so there was a circle of uh, reporters around him looking for reaction. Listening to him discuss the Democrats' orchestration of this entire circus, including lying to Ford about the Republicans' willingness to interview her in California away from the media.
1: Here's what I can say. I'm really upset that they knew about this in August and never told anybody. Uh, I'm really upset that Diane Feinstein believed this was a credible allegation that you wouldn't do, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Judge Kavanaugh, the service of saying, I've got this. Was your side of the story? Turning it over to the committee so we could have something not this close and to they, the midterms. To when they say that she wasn't sure we were willing to go out there, that's a bunch of bull. I don't know what they told Miss Ford, but we were willing to go to California. We were told she couldn't fly. All I can say is that we're 40-something days away from the election, and their goal, not Miss Ford's goal, is to delay this past the midterms so they can win the Senate and never allow Trump to fill the seat. I believe that now more than ever. I don't know who paid for a polygraph, but somebody did, and here's what I'm, I'm more convinced of. The friends on the other side... Set it up to be just the way it is.
3: Yep, here's, a, here's some more from him. I feel ambushed as the majority.
1: We're going to hear from Mr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh, and I've been a judge, a prosecutor, and a defense attorney, and here's what I'll tell you. When it comes to where it happened, I still don't know. I don't know when it happened. She said she's 100% certain it did happen. I bet you Judge Kavanaugh will say I'm 100% sure I didn't do it. The people named say they don't know what Miss Ford's talking about. She can't tell us how she got home and how she got there. And that's the facts I'm left with. A nice lady who has come forward to tell a hard story that's uncorroborated, and this is enough. God help anybody else that gets nominated. Based on what I heard today, you could not get a search warrant or an arrest warrant because you don't know the location, you don't know the time, and you don't have any corroboration, as to uh, Miss Mitchell. That's what I hope she would do. I heard a bunch of speeches from a bunch of politicians who have politicized this from day one? Who've been lying in wait for a political purpose? Not Miss Ford, but certainly them, making a bunch of speeches. And Miss Mitchell methodically went through the facts of what happened that day, leading up to that day, and how we find ourselves here.
3: I'll connect some dots that I noticed. She said her house was 20-minute drive away from the house the area this house was in, but she doesn't remember who drove her there. She wasn't old enough to drive, so she, she remembers she wasn't old enough to drive. She doesn't remember who drove her there. She doesn't know remember who, who picked her up and, and took her home. But she only had one beer. I can tell you, I remember the first time I got drunk, and I was 15, and I was at somebody's house, and I know exactly how I got home. And I had five beers my first, my first uh, ent, uh, enter into the drinking uh, age here. She had one. Something's not, something's not adding up. Maybe she's got brain damage. She's losing her memory. Or maybe she's lying. I don't know. Then it was Judge Kavanaugh's turn. Here's some of the judge's compelling opening statement.
2: I was not at the party described by Dr. Ford. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. The Constitution gives the Senate an important role in the confirmation process, but you have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. Shortly after I was nominated, the Democratic Senate leader said he would, quote, oppose me with everything he's got. A Democratic senator on this committee publicly referred to me as evil. Evil. Think about that word. And said that those who supported me were, quote, complicit in evil. Another Democratic senator on this committee said, quote, Judge Kavanaugh is your worst nightmare. A former head of the Democratic National Committee said, quote, Judge Kavanaugh will threaten the lives of millions of Americans for decades to come. I understand the passions of the moment. But I would say to those senators, your words have meaning millions of americans listened carefully to you given comments like those is it any surprise that people have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family to send any violent email to my wife to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends to blow me up and take me down
3: Yep, they don't care who they hurt, and now they want now uh, as they voted to move it forward. Uh, I haven't heard all the details, but they want to delay the vote by one week before they send it to uh, to the House of the the floor of the Senate for the final confirmation because they want to subpoena Mark Judge, who's Mark Judge is his is uh, Kavanaugh's friend from college, who already sent a letter saying, "Hey, I don't want to be involved in this." I'll tell you, I know Brett Kavanaugh, and I've never seen him do anything like that. I don't remember being at a party like this. I don't know. I don't have any... I can't corroborate any of this information on it, but I don't want to testify in public because I am I have emotional problems, and I am have um, bouts with depression, and he's a cancer survivor. They don't care. They're going to destroy this guy, too. They don't care. They'll do anything to win. I hope you guys... I'll point this out to your Democrat friends. And if your Democrats learn uh listening to me, and I know I got some of you Democrats listening because you want to hear what other stupid stuff I'm gonna say, guess what? This is the fact. Democrats are guerrilla warfare here in this stuff, and use your brains, everybody. Pay attention and see what's going on. This guy is this guy's a a Boy Scout and they're coming up with stuff to uh to to uh smother to uh to I'll use Obama's word, to besmirch him. They're uh, trying to make him look look uh, look bad just to keep him from becoming a, uh, a uh, Supreme Court justice. Let's hear some more from Kavanaugh's opening statement.
2: This whole two-week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2016 election. Fear that has been unfairly stoked about my judicial record. Revenge on behalf of the Clintons and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. This is a circus. The consequences will extend long past my nomination. The consequences will be with us for decades. This grotesque and coordinated character assassination will dissuade competent and good people of all political persuasions from serving our country. And as we all know, in the United States political system of the early 2000s, what goes around comes around.
3: You know, what's funny is I saw a a video from, uh, uh, like it was an advertisement on YouTube before I opened up a clip. And it was uh, Elizabeth Warren talking, uh, pushing her bill on anti-corruption. Say, you know what, this is, you're going to pass an anti-corruption bill uh, so that politicians can't be corrupt? You're gonna, it's gonna bite you guys right in the butt. All the Democrats, just like the, just like the Russian thing, is turning up all the guilty people are the Democrats and the Hillary campaign and and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, I dive, I digress a little bit. The star of the day was Lindsey Graham once again, who had plenty to say. To the Democrats, oh so the the Democrats fiercely went after uh Kavanaugh, unlike the Republicans that were nice and polite and they had that lady to do the ask the questions. Um, the uh, women prosecutor Rachel Mitchell If you saw it, she's a really polite uh, Prosecutor lady um, and, But after everybody uh, did their, Had their time Lindsey Graham had his time Let's play a little piece of that
1: If you wanted an FBI investigation You could have come to us What you want to do is destroy this guy's life Hold this seat open And hope you win in 2020 You've said that Not me You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said, oh, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy.
3: Yeah, well, it's just proof that I couldn't be a politician because... uh... I wouldn't have been able to come up with that word. Most unethical jam. I would have had to use some uh, more colorful words. Um, and when he said, hey, you've got nothing to apologize for, he turned to Judge Kavanaugh at that time. Let's hear some more.
1: Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this jam, that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr.
3: Ford. None. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was on, and I like it when politicians get uh, get passionate, and you know, except for when they're passionate about stupid stuff or they're grandstanding. Cory Booker, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, but being scolded by her colleague didn't phase uh, Dianne Feinstein. Again, here's her swan song. Uh, here she is near the end of the hearing. Kavanaugh and Kavanaugh had clearly had enough.
4: Hear from the witnesses. Um... But the FBI isn't interviewing them and isn't giving us any facts,
2: so all we have you're interviewing me. Say, you're interviewing me. You're you're doing it, Senator. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're uh, doing it. That's that the there's no conclusions reached.
4: And and what you're saying, if if I understand it, is that the allegations by Dr. Ford, Ms. Ramirez, and Ms. Sweatnick um, are are wrong.
2: Yeah, that that is. Emphatically, what I'm saying. Emphatically, the Sweatnik thing is a joke. That is a farce.
4: Would you like to say more about it?
3: No. You know what? She keeps bringing up these people that are just somebody that wrote a letter, or some someone that sent something. They're not giving anybody any information. They're not letting anybody interview people. And the Ramirez thing. She said, "Oh, I have." Lapses in my in my memory. I don't really remember if it was bread. I'm asking some of my friends, all this stuff. But but uh Feinstein kept bringing it up. I think maybe she's senile. I think well she's 85 years old. Maybe uh it's time we got her out of the Senate. um But let's let's reelect her first and then get her out of the Senate. So uh we'll see how this goes. Friday morning, like I said, they voted and it uh, passed 11 to 10. Uh, right on the Republican and uh, Democrat lines to uh, forward this, and then it has to go to a couple other little votes, and then it goes to the uh, to the Senate for the full Senate approval, which should have been Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Uh, but now it sounds like they're maybe going to delay it one week so they can destroy Mark Judge's uh, life too in the process and just create more uh, more pandemonium. So uh, let's talk about something else that happened this week that was good. Uh, Trump was uh, was. Uh, at the the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, Trump uh, addressed the UN again. He started by talking about foreign policy accomplishments by his administration over the past year, and the diplomats gave him uh, what sounds like a warm reception.
6: One year ago, I stood before you for the first time in this grand hall. I addressed the threats facing our world, and I presented a vision to achieve a brighter future, for all of humanity. Today, I stand before the United Nations General Assembly to share the extraordinary progress we've made. In less than two years, my administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. America's so true. Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay.
3: So throughout the media, it was reported that the UN was laughing at at the president as a way to dismiss his claims about his achievement. Here's Stephen Colbert. Don't worry, Mr. President, they're not laughing at you. (laughs) They're laughing with each other at you. (laughs) But if you ask someone who is actually in the room, like uh, UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, Uh, you get a very different interpretation. Here she is on Fox and Friends.
1: The media's got this so wrong. I deal with these leaders every single day. I know exactly how they think. Do they love America? No. Do they respect America? Now they do. When he said that, they love how honest he is, and it's not diplomatic, and they find it funny. I mean, when he goes and he is very truthful, They kind of are taken back by it. And so they're not used to it. But let me tell you, all day yesterday, they were falling over themselves to get a picture with him to talk about how great his speech was, how strong it was, whether he said good things about them or not. They love that he's honest with them Mm -hmm. and they've never seen anything like it. And so there's a respect there.
3: Yep. And I think that's how most people in America think. That's why that's why that's why I voted for Trump. We know where he's coming from. We'd never have to wonder about any of that stuff. Trump went on to talk about uh, uh, North Korea, China, and Iran. I'm not going to play those clips because I'm almost out of time. Uh, but before I finish, let me uh, tell you guys. Go to townhall.com. I had my first column uh, published in there talking about how we should uh, wh- how we should search and find somebody who went to school with Cory Booker, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Uh, Chuck Schumer, some of these guys, uh, Richard Blumenthal, and let's find out what kind of sexual indiscretions they had so we can shut them up. Otherwise, this is never going to end. Go to townhall.com, click on Columnist, and look for my name, and you'll see my article. um, First time I've been published at uh, at Town Hall, so uh, go check it out. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and
5: is invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. NMLS 9873. And California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number
3: 096199. I
5: got blisters on my fingers!